stay standing. God, we thank you so much for the power of that song, the truth of that song. I pray that you would teach us, Jesus, today how to live in that hope that we can have the same exuberance in our souls that we had even as we sang every day, every moment. Pray that you'd be our teacher today, we'd listen and we'd respond to your grace. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So you can go ahead and have a seat. And I get to introduce our speakers for today. This is Bill and Christy Galtier. And I first met Bill and Christy in February 2013. And we, were, we attended a Dallas Willard Knowing Christ Conference. Uh, and it was a wonderful experience. Uh, we were introduced through some mutual friends. And it came at a pivotal point in my life, in the life of my wife, Kimberly. And so they've been a huge part of the journey and the deeper life for me and understanding Jesus, not just being a pastor, not just going to church and not leading a church, but that Jesus is for me and to be able to walk with him and to grow in him. And they've really helped me with my depression and some dark thoughts and then to be able to be embraced by the love of Jesus and so when we were going to have the Enneagram workshop yesterday, I just thought, okay, let's have them stay over one more day and speak on what I think is the core of who they are and their ministry and the things I've learned from them. And it's all about walking with Jesus and being, as we're going to talk about in a minute, in his easy yoke and be able to have rest. They know how to rest. They know how to work hard, but they also know how to rest. So would you just give them a warm welcome? We're just so glad that you guys are here today. Thank you. Thank you, Ron, and all of you. It's so fun to be with you. You're such a friendly community. It's just been great to be with you this weekend, talk with you, greet you, hear your stories. I was uh, talking with someone out uh, after the first service, and he was really connecting with the need for rest in Jesus' easy yoke. And he says, yeah, I related your story. I'm always living in a hurry, driving too fast, and I got busy brain with all these worries, and things are always going different directions in my mind. And so you brought me into the easy yoke of Jesus. That's what we want this morning. We want you to see Jesus looking at you with a smile on his face and arms open, saying, come to me, come into my rest. I want to tell you about a time that I was not resting in Jesus. A number of years ago, we had school-age kids at home, and I was going to a Saturday seminar at church where I was a, a pastor of spiritual formation, and I was doing too much, way too much in those days, and I didn't totally want to go to this seminar. It was, it, I wasn't leading it. One of my colleagues was, but I wanted to support him, and the topic attracted me, leading like Jesus, and I knew it would be good for others in the church to see one of the other pastors there. So I'm going to the seminar, but I'm running late because my body is kind of like wanting to still be home with my family. And so I'm hurrying, and I'm, I'm flying down, trying to make up for lost time, because I'm about 10 minutes late. And so as I'm approaching the church, I'm coming to a light, and you know, if you're a strategic driver, you know how to time those lights. And I could tell I might be missing it, and I had a slow driver in front of me. I was getting really antsy, and so I pushed it through. The light was pink, and I, I got through that thing. And then I go to turn left, and then there was this sign there that says, hey, no, no left turns during these hours. And I looked around. It looked like it was okay to me, so I turned left anyway, and then I get, get, get in, and then there's like a stop sign. It's like, there's, you know, it was just inside the church parking lot. It was a mega church. 
we don't really need that. And so I went straight on through, went, went to park, and then it's like, wow, I just broke three traffic laws. And here I am, you know, a pastor in the church going to lead like Jesus. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm looking around me, and fortunately nobody saw me. And it's like, well, that's why I don't have a fish in my car. <laughs> so then I get into the seminar, 10 minutes late, and uh, the speaker is talking about uh, leading like Jesus, having a servant's heart. And he says, hey, if you want to lead effectively like Jesus, you're going to need to really learn from Psalm 46. And he leads us in a meditation on be still and know that I am God. Be still. It's like that was not what was in my body, was stillness, peace. And it was shortly after this time in my life that the Lord really drew me to Matthew 11 verses 25 to 30, and Jesus offering us his easy yoke. And that became the, the, the theme passage of my life these last 15 years, living into those five verses and that concept that Jesus has an easier way for me to face the stresses and challenges of my life. And that's what uh, Pastor Ron has been talking to you about in this great series on practicing the way of Jesus. And it's so brilliant because so often we talk about the truth of Jesus, which is really important, but we don't talk as much about the way, the attitude, the demeanor, and practicing that way. And so today, as we conclude this series, we're talking about rest, practicing rest, finding the rest of soul that the Lord promises us in Matthew 11 as he offers us the easy yoke. It's about an inner stillness, an inner peace that comes as we trust the Lord with us. And so, you know, our, our theme here is that stress and sin that we're all dealing with drain away the life out of our souls. But if we come to Jesus and we see his smile, we see his open arms, and we learn how to make that a habit to live with his face in front of us, then we come into a deeper peace, what he calls this easy yoke. So why do we have trouble resting? Well, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And one is because we, while Jesus came to give us this life abundant and fullness, like, like our opening verse was that Ron shared with you, we have an enemy who comes to still, kill, and destroy. And so he uses these rest robbers in our life. And the first one of those Bill illustrated could be hurry. We can get caught up in hurry. None of us love well when we're in a hurry. Have you ever hurried your kids along? You're not, you're not able to really love them like you'd like to. You're, you're all focused on trying to get them to go where you want them to go. Um, thankfully, that's not the way Jesus is with us. He's not in a hurry. He's patient with us. His love is patient. And then what are some other rest robbers? Well, for me, I wasn't so caught up in hurry. You know, Bill's an athlete. He, he was trained to hurry, hustle out there on the football field and the basketball court. And I wasn't trained in that, but I was trained early on in pleasing people. And that's a rest robber, too. I found myself as a young mom trying to uh, please my my parents still, who I'd internalized and who I still had a relationship in life, and please my new husband, and trying to take care of my kids and, and, and respond to their wants and all the things they were asking for me, and my friends and my kids' school, and my boss at work, and all this people-pleasing was destroying any sense of rest. I couldn't begin to please God. 
because I was orbiting around everybody else, trying to please them constantly in this state of distraction, being driven to please people and keep them happy. And it was not restful for my soul. And I wasn't able to practice Jesus's way of rest where he says, come to me, you'll find rest for your soul. It was robbing me. Another rest robber is anxiety. We talk about being stressed out when we refer to anxiety, but really it's being stressed in. Anxiety is when we are internalizing stress. The different challenges and things going on in our life, uh, not just bad stuff, even good stuff that, that's uh, affecting us. When we internalize that, that's when we get anxious, that's when we struggle with worries. So we've got some key symptoms of anxiety that we talk about in our book on the easy yoke of Jesus. Because the premise is that when we learn the ways of discipleship to Jesus, that actually brings us peace. It's the, the best strategy for overcoming stress overload and anxiety is through our intimacy with Jesus. So if you just think of the acronym anxiety, the first A in anxiety is being agitated. When we're anxious, we have a low frustration tolerance and we're prone to lose our temper. And then the N in anxiety is for not sleeping, not able to fall asleep because when you hit the bed, all this anxiety is functioning in your body and keeping you alert and awake. All the adrenaline's going. The X is for X fears because in, when we're anxious, we have different fears that are going on. And, you know, anxiety is very general. Fear is very specific. When we're, there's st stuff that we're afraid of, but we repress it, that makes for anxiety. So we might be afraid of spiders or airplanes or public speaking or rejection or failure. Different things that we're afraid of that we don't want to feel that way. And so we deny that emotion and we, we push forward. That makes for the anxiousness. And then the I in anxiety is anxiety showing up in your body in ways like maybe your stomach is upset, butterflies in your stomach, digestive problems. Maybe you're having trouble breathing and you're breathing shallow and quick. Maybe you're having trouble with sweaty palms or twitching in your eye, but the anxiety is causing symptoms in your body. And the E is escalating worries. So worry is like a synonym for anxiety when we're worrying about different things. And when we're anxious, it tends to feed on itself and, and generate and get worse. It's like negative momentum. We need to like reverse that around. And then the T is for traumas that are being relived. They keep, you keep ruminating about it or finding yourself going over anxiety and upsetting experiences that you've had. Maybe it's coming out in nightmares. And the Y in anxiety is saying yes all the time, which takes us back to what Christy was saying about people-pleasing. And so some of us have difficulty with setting boundaries. We don't like conflict. We, we, in order to feel happy, we want other people to be happy. We sort of like feel like we need to match their moods. And so that pattern of saying yes all the time and internalizing the conflicts, that's what's making for that anxiety. And so getting free of anxiety is a big part of entering into the rest of the easy yoke that Jesus offers us. A, a fourth rest robber is biblical blunders, because what happens is we project into the scripture without realizing it, our own stuff, including our own anxiety. One example of that is with 
one of the most famous passages in the New Testament, particularly as it relates to getting free of stress, overload, and anxiety, Philippians 4, 6 to 7. And Paul says to us there, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so there's Paul, the master psychologist, giving us great counsel on dealing with stress and anxiety. But a lot of us misread Paul's words, and we put a period after do not be anxious, as though he's giving us a should, or as though he's telling us it's a sin to be anxious. Here's the way some people that I've talked to read Paul's words. Stuff your worries and fears. Just say a prayer. You should always look and act calm, happy, and strong. If you feel anxious, insecure, or emotional, you're not being a very good Christian. Is that what Paul's saying? No, it's not what he's saying. Let me, let me tell you what is more what he's saying. You're reading between the lines a little bit here. When you experience stress in your life and work, when you have conflict in your relationships, when you have pain in your body, when you're late and stuck in traffic, <laughs> whenever you feel worried, afraid, frustrated, or insecure, talk to God and a Christ ambassador about how you feel, sharing your emotions openly. Don't pretend to be strong. Be vulnerable. Don't rely on yourself. Ask for the grace you need and absorb it by being thankful. That's the wisdom of the scriptures, and that's what Paul is getting at in the Philippians passage and so getting free of uh, those biblical blunders, projecting stuff into Scripture. We want to read Scripture carefully so that we can discover the rest that God offers us. So it is an easy yoke. Now, you know, your pastor is really smart. And so the title of this message is Practicing Rest. Let's talk about the practicing. That's this whole series, right? Practicing the way of Jesus. You've been learning some things about the way of Jesus in that you can't just do it. You can't just do it by trying hard. You need to practice. You need to do some exercises. You need to train. So I'll tell you a story about a lesson I got along these lines. As Christy said, I've, I'm an athlete, like to do diff different sports, especially when I was younger. Uh, but some years ago, I did a triathlon with our son, David. And that's where you do a, in this case, it was a mile swim, 30-mile bike ride, and a six-mile run. And the, the key to the triathlon is you're doing all three events back-to-back. -back. And as soon as the gun sounds, the clock starts, and the transitions all count as part of your time. So no breaks unless you want to be a, sl a slow, slow, uh, slow race. So first event is a swim. I'm a horrible swimmer, so I'm like in 70th place out of 73 men my age. <laughs> so not sounding like a much of an athlete there, and that was uh, humbling for me, and more to the point uh, is that I'm way behind our son. 
So I'm going to try to catch up on, on the bike, and then I'm going to really try to catch up on the run because I'm a runner. Well, on the bike, I am like uh, powering fast and forward because I've got uh, what's called, uh, my friends used to call me thunder thighs because in football, nobody could tackle me because I just kept pounding my thighs. And uh, well, so I'm like passing people, and that was like really fun. That was the benefit of falling behind after the swim was that I got to just be passing people. And that's like really fun. It's, uh, you know, you're on a bike and you're flying by people. You're feeling good and strong. And then all of a sudden, the chain falls off my bike. <laughs> so I go off the side of the road, turn my bike upside down, get my hands all greasy, get the chain back on, get back on my bike. And then, you know, all these people are like flying by me, right, while I'm on the side of the road. So now I'm on my bike, I'm putting my head down, I'm pounding the pedals with my thunder thighs, and I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, and I'm passing people, and I'm passing people. So I'm back happy, and it's great. And then my chain falls off again. <laughs> Same thing, over to the side of the road, bike upside down, hands all greasy, you know, back on the bike, and then I'm pounding on the pedals. So now I'm passing people for the third time. And so when you're on a bike in a race, you get really close to people. So I'm up right next to this guy like this. And he looks me right in the eyes. And he goes, man, you are strong, but stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so what am I going to think about when I'm riding my bike on the highway? Strong, but stupid. My name is Bill. Will, I am. I got willpower. But I didn't use much smarts. I didn't get my bike tuned up. <laughs> I, didn't tr I didn't properly train for the race, you see. Well, I finished the, the, the race. I did, did, I did good on the bike. I did good on the run. But I never caught my son. But that was good anyway. It, we, had, we had a fun time. But that lesson, strong but stupid, is like, okay, that's not what I want to be in life. That's not what I want to be, especially in the spiritual life. And so the key here is in training. And Paul knew about this, you know, he watched the Olympic Games of his day, and he uses some athletic metaphors in some of his letters. Uh, for instance, in 1 Timothy 4.7, he teaches his, uh, his young uh, pastor, protege Timothy, he says, train yourself to be godly. If you want to be more like God, if you want to be more loving, if you want to have more peace and rest, like we're talking about this morning, we're going to need to do some training. We're going to need to do some exercises. Willpower is not enough. Some of us tend to think that we can change or experience a, a new blessing if we just will try harder. Well, trying hard is helpful. We want to try hard, but it's not going to be enough. We need to train because we need to develop some habits. And uh, another great example of this is in Hebrews chapter 4, where the writer is talking about entering God's Sabbath rest. And in verse 11, he has this, this startling statement, make every effort to enter God's rest. That's a paradox. He's putting two things together that don't seem to fit. Make every effort rest. Ah, these, these two go together. And that's exactly the wisdom, is that if you want to enter the Sabbath rest of God in your daily life, in addition to a Sabbath day, but actually living in a state of rest, Paul is saying, or the writer of the Hebrews is saying, you are going to need to make every effort. You're going to need to work 
at resting. You're going to need to train yourself and develop some habits that help you to be in that easy yoke. So let's turn to the easy yoke passage. Matthew 11, you have that on your, your outline there. And let's look at what Jesus has to say about entering into his rest. And then we're going to bring out four points from this passage that help us experience that, that rest soul. So part of the training is going into God's word, studying God's word, right? So listen to the words of Jesus and maybe hear them fresh with a paraphrase of uh, Eugene Peterson in the message. Abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've hidden your ways from sophisticates and know-it-alls. But spell them out clearly to ordinary people, even little children. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and to say. This is a unique father-son operation, coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Take my yoke upon you, and we'll pull the plow across the field together. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace that go with my easy yoke. Hey, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Praise God. Praise God for the words of Jesus. Praise God that when Jesus was stressed, if you read the context of Matthew 11 right before this, you'll see he's stressed out. He abruptly breaks into prayer. Jesus shows us how to practice the easy yoke. Jesus is in the easy yoke of the Father. Jesus is the first disciple. He shows us how to do the things that he teaches as a human being, tempted in every way as we are. He's tempted to sin, but he doesn't. He has lots of stress in his life, but anxiety never overwhelms him to the point of defining him. He learns to live in the peace of God. He shares that peace of God with us. That's the easy oak passage. You got to read it, hear it with the, the smile of Jesus in your mind and seeing his arms open and seeing that he's at peace, even as he is doing difficult things. We're pulling a plow across a field. We have work to do. People are hungry. They need the gospel. They need kindness. And Jesus is saying, hey, let me help you do it. 
Don't do it in your own strength just by trying hard and forcing it. Walk freely and lightly with me. Learn my way, my rhythm, my pace, my grace. Do this in intimacy with me. That's your power source for whatever your work is, at your job, in your family, in the church, in your small group, wherever you are, and there's works of love to do, to do it in the power of God. That's what Jesus is offering us. And so to experience this, don't just try, train. If, if we walk out of here today and say, I'm going to try hard to do what Bill and Christy were talking about. I'm going to try hard to experience God's peace. Well, it's a start. But what you're really going to need to do is, is, do, is some training. Like, I'm going to go back and read Matthew 11. I'm going to think about that some more. I'm going to pray about that some more. And you start practicing some disciplines to begin to bring that sense of God's presence and peace into your daily life into your daily activities, even as you're driving your car, perhaps. So in your notes, we've given you some steps, some ways to start practicing the way of Jesus. And the first one of those is to pray and to follow Jesus' example and pray abruptly, break into prayer. Whatever your time of need is, remember that Jesus is there hearing you. He knows your thoughts before you even speak them. He wants you to bring to him all of your cares and your concerns. And then to meditate on this intimacy between God and Jesus. He's giving us this example. He says, these father and son intimacies is what my ministry and life and I'm modeling for you. It's my way. And he says, I'm willing to go over it line by line. This isn't just for, for God and I. This is, we're bringing you in. I'm attached and yoked to the father. And you come and walk with us and work with us in this secure attachment. As psychologists, we learn as we're studying in school about the importance of having a secure attachment. It's a fundamental need, and if babies don't get it, they die. And so this is what God knows. He's saying, I want that tender, loving attachment, that, that love tenderly is that next point on your outline. This is the love that Jesus has for us. And we need to be able to spend time with him, just as a baby with the mom and the father attaches it. To, it takes time and bonding. And it, the, the baby studies the, the face of the mother and gets to know and gets acquainted with the mother and the father to get that secure attachment and to learn that trust. That's part of the training for us in our relationship with God. And Jesus models this for us. He models this for us in, in our Easy Yoke book. We went through some of Jesus' rhythms of life is just the Gospel of Mark. Here's some examples of how we see him attaching to his Father, modeling for us ways to do this in our life. Jesus spends 40 days in solitude, silence, fasting, scripture, meditation, and prayer. A lot of practices he's doing there. And then he launches the ministry that will change the world forever. And then in Mark 1.35, he goes to a lonely place, scripture says, to pray be with his father and discern if it's time to leave Capernaum and minister to other places in Galilee. Again, also in Mark chapter 1, he goes to a lonely place to pray. And people come to him from everywhere to be ministered to. And then Mark 3, he keeps an all-night prayer vigil with the father, who then helps him to decide what 12 men to pick for his disciples. He goes out on a boat ride with his disciples on the sea. He relaxes in Abba's arms so deeply that he goes 
to sleep. He's napping. Even as a storm whips up and is, is uh, pelting rain on them and is very scary. And the disciples who are, are fishermen are afraid to drown. But Jesus is at peace napping. Surely aware of the storm, but you can't imagine he's faking it, pretending to be napping. He's really resting because he's in Abba's arms. And then in Mark 14, we see Jesus in stress in the Garden of the Gethsemane. And what does he do? He goes and he prays to the Father. And in his attachment to the Father and his trust-love relationship with the Father and his yoke, he finds the strength to love his torturers and die for our sins. So these are all ways that Jesus practices being in the easy yoke of the Father. And that gives him peace and it gives him power for life. So we're practicing rest with Jesus in his easy yoke by praying abruptly, by meditating on the father and son intimacies, learning from Jesus, the perfect human being. We're learning to love tenderly, to participate in secure attachment relationships that we need and that other people need from us. And then finally, to enjoy Sabbath rest, Having, keeping a Sabbath day. Many of you can do that on Sunday and to take a day where you worship God, where you rest, you're not working, you're not running around like crazy and you're enjoying your family, maybe enjoying some extended time of prayer, maybe taking a nap. And could, why do you do that? Because you're saying to God, you are in charge of my life and my work and you can handle it wonderfully. I don't need to work today. I'm trusting the work that you are doing. And so you're helping your body habituate to a rhythm of rest so that come Monday or whatever the day after your Sabbath day is, as you go to work and you're seeking to be productive, you can do it in a restful way, in an easy yoke way. Bill and I have found that there are some different practices and disciplines that help us practice the ways of Jesus and to reteach our body and our mind and our heart and our relationships we need to train every aspect of our soul. That's why Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, which includes your feelings, with all of your strength, your body, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's the training every aspect of our person, of our soul, of our life. And so we've put together some resources that have really helped us to enter God's rest and to stay attached to his tender love. One of them is, is our book. We've got some uh, other prayer guides in the back, so we'll be at the back table. We also offer a free weekly devotional, less than 500 words, that talks about this life with God and his easy yoke. So let's, uh, let's close in prayer, and we're going to use a phrase that comes as a paraphrase out of Matthew 11. In Jesus' name, not my strain. Just say that to yourself. In Jesus' name not my strain. Lord, we're asking that you would help us to think that way, feel that way now, and to live that way in our stresses, in our work, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' character, in Jesus' way, not my strain. Let's try this as a breath prayer. This is one of the practices that we teach in our book. 
a breath prayer from the Bible, as you are breathing in, just to help you engage your thoughts and your feelings, we're going to use our bodies. As you breathe in, you whisper, in Jesus' name. As you breathe out, you whisper, not my strain. Let's just repeat that. Breathing in, in Jesus' name. Breathing out, not my strain. It helps if you breathe in deep, breathe out all the way. It's actually a proven technique for relaxing and resting. Breathing in with a smile because of God's grace. In Jesus' name. Breathing out to release stress. Not my strain. In Jesus' name. Not my strain. Praise God. Amen.